third and nine for New York. Darnold steps, throws, looking for it all. Robbie Anderson, touchdown Jets. What a grab. Hello, welcome to the Transatlantic Titans podcast. We are in your debt, New York Jets. As a football team, as an organisation, we think you are terrific. And yeah, we might let you down by not beating the Texans. But the fact that the Jets beat the Steelers, of course, means it's all up to the Titans in week 17 in Houston. Hello. As I say, welcome along. I'm Adam. We're alongside me, Greg and Harry are here. And we've got, again, half of Miles. Uh, but different reason. Miles is here right now, but can't stay for too long. So hello, everybody. How are we all? Hello, hello. It's the last time I'm going to be able I'm last time I'm going to be able to say the goddamn Jets because I don't think we can actually say that anymore. No, which is good. Why, why, why would we throw anything but love towards the New York Jets? And and actually, I think the whole NFL community will feel the same way because I don't think anybody wants the Steelers in the playoffs, and they look like a woeful football team. And we'll talk about the Titans in a minute and how we're looking at, as a team, but I. There's nobody out there that thinks that the Steelers are more deserving than the Tennessee Titans. Certainly not Duck Hodges. Not Duck Hodges. He's doing everything he can to make sure they're not in the playoffs. (laughs) Well, at the risk of talking about their game, so Hodges gets injured. Mason Rudolph, sorry, Hodges gets benched for Mason Rudolph, who then gets injured and they're forced to stick Hodges back in. And I think, they threw even more picks between them than James Winston did at the weekend, which is quite something. But anyway, we are, for sure. <laughs> we are a Tennessee Titans podcast. And although, as, as we, we teased last week, the game against the Saints wasn't going to be the most vital result of the weekend, um, it, it was a defeat for the Titans. But we're, we're probably not all going to be in, in agreement on this. I don't think it was huge disappointing um sim and we seem to get more and more arguing on titans twitter every single week uh, but yeah i'm reasonably positive obviously it's all going to come down to this this coming week but yeah miles while while you're here why don't we start with you what were your your takeaways from from the game yesterday yeah um my early takeaways were really positive i think johnny smith's touchdown particularly was a was a high note and I don't know, the game almost felt like a bit of a bye week on the basis that as long as the Jets pulled off what they needed to, it felt like a, let's see what we can get out of the let's take any positives that we can. Realistically, even myself speaking, I don't really feel like we felt like we were going to get much of a result, but the positives that we took from the start of the game, you know, we went in there and really showed the Saints what we can do on offense. Yeah, it it just wheeled off after that, and our, our tackling seemed to get poorer and poorer, which is the complete opposite of where it's been all season, where it started off soft and then we've took the second half to get stronger. It almost felt like a flip of that. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was a game that it had its high notes. As we said, we had no Derek Henry play and Dion Lewis, I think, ended up with like 70 yards or 60 yards or something. Um, we always knew a game about Derek Henry for that um, sort of um, pass run option wasn't there for us. It was always going to be a tricky one, but I was happy with the start and, I, to be honest, I was following the Jets game as much as the Titans game, so I was just as much. I was wearing a green shirt for the night. Um, sorry, Titans fans, but I was almost supporting the Jets more than I was uh, the Titans once the second half came along. But there were positives from the game. Johnny Smith, as I said, looked good. Tannehill still looked good. The line got beat up. It got beat up all game, and Tannehill was holding on to the ball too much. But there, there were positives there to take into Houston. I, I feel like, like I said, it was a bit of a. It was almost like a let's see what we've got with our Henry game and see what's available for us and bring on next week. So all I can say, I, I forgot it very quickly, that game. I've moved on. The results happened that we needed to a point. I've, I've moved on now. I'm, I'm fully ready for Texans on Sunday, 9.25, and for the victory in the playoffs. Yeah. It, it's, I, it... Go on, Harry. Go on. Yeah, I agree. I think probably the first few drives or the first – like the second and third drive that we had was were, were excellent from a Titans point of view. Johnny Smith looks like an absolute monster at the moment to the point where actually we, we had the debate a few weeks ago about what to do with Delaney Walker. And I, I wouldn't be that fussed. I know that's not going to go down with a lot of Titans fans, 
um, too well. But I wouldn't be that fussed if he doesn't come back necessarily. I think um, Johnny Smith is is a bit of an electric tight end. He's got the speed. He he always seems to make the first person miss. I don't know whether you guys notice of this as well, but he always seems to to get by that first tackler at least for an extra yard or two gain. Um, obviously, Delaney did that in his in his prime when he came to us, but. He just looked excellent. The, the the five drives that followed the first three were awful um, from an offensive point of view. And that's when you just can't let an elite team like the Saints back in. And whether we learn that in time for hopefully the playoffs is going to be the, the difference for us, I think. Um, and on a, on a positive note, Brock Senior, he actually played pretty decent after us slating him for the, the week before. He actually did pretty well. Um, which I was shocked by. Who slated him? Not us, surely not. <laughs> yeah, that's on me. That's on me. <laughs> the the negative one. There he is. <laughs> I honestly think that. I mean, it, it, we keep talking about Dean Pease's halftime adjustments. It did. Uh, Miles Miles just hinted at it, it. It did seem to go the opposite way, and for the middle part of the game. It felt like both sides of the ball were really struggling. Like we had the first quarter absolutely banging. There were two huge plays, Johnny Smith, AJ Brown. And you think, well, are we going to... It had the feel of... You remember that Packers game two or three years ago where we just raced into a huge lead and the game was over before Green Bay had even noticed. And that, you know, that's Aaron Rodgers, good Aaron Rodgers in in those days. Um, I, I've felt a bit like that for a while and then like New Orleans didn't come back into it suddenly they came back they they got a field goal to put it 14-3 and you're still thinking okay the way our offense looks we're just going to score again this is great and then it just suddenly went back into like Mariota offense dare I say and those first few weeks when we were we were taking sacks the O-line's getting beats and not having Derek Henry seemed to suddenly be an issue like we we're not not getting the the penetration with with Dion Lewis, and it it yeah as you say it looked a bit ropey for a while, and the defense rather than improving throughout the game went the opposite way, and suddenly Breeze looking iffy to start with, they're getting they're getting going Kamara Michael Thomas, and you know, what whatever you say on both sides of the ball those New Orleans Saints are <laughs> impossible well very very difficult to compete with. And as it transpired, I don't think we we did too badly at that. No, first quarter was exactly what you want to see. Um, it was pra- apart from the first drive, it was pretty much perfect. I think we played brilliantly on both sides of the ball. And then the, the final three quarters, you pretty much just file them under. Uh, don't worry, let's forget about it and let's move on. But I think I think the only the only the only negative you could pick up really from not winning that game yesterday was that we've kind of brought the Raiders back in now to. Um, into the hunt a little bit in terms of the playoff race. Um, basically means if we lose to Houston, Pittsburgh lose, uh, we're relying on on the Raiders and I think the Colts who can also, uh, if they beat the Jags and the Raiders win, then all of a sudden both us and the Steelers miss out. So obviously winning that game, all of a sudden that that's not going to be possible yet. But then again, it was always going to be one of those games. I think as soon as you saw, uh, or pretty much it was even before the, the Houston Bucks game was finished, they'd already said, uh, that they'd obviously brought in Dawkins, uh, waved Sharif Finch. You kind of knew what was going to happen. It was inevitable that Henry was going to be rested. But yeah, it's, it's one of those ones I kind of felt it was a little bit of a missed opportunity, but one at the same time that, you know, obviously it, it, it can make absolutely no difference whatsoever and it probably will make no difference whatsoever um, as long as we can get the win next week. That's the, that's the thing, isn't it? And- is it is it me or is Titans Twitter just becoming more and more argumentative? But that was like another thing that everyone seemed to be arguing about was whether we should be trying hard to win this game or not. Um, unusually, when I say unusually, I mean typically Paul Kaharski seemed to be in the middle of all of that. Not <laughs> not saying any anything more there, but it was just well, we went a million miles argument... away. We went a million no, miles away no. from winning it. I mean, look, obviously. If, uh... A fumble that on another day could have easily been called. Uh, yeah, a flag could have easily been thrown for it. Uh, Raymond, you know, it was an unfortunate. It was a bit. It reminded me a little bit of um, the week before with with Ferkser, where it was just a big hit. 
you know, I think it's one of those ones where he was unfortunate rather than you can't really put too much blame on him. If we'd gone and taken that as a completion and, and we're rolling, who knows? We could have gone and nicked, uh, you know, could have gone and nicked it. That would have, I think, either leveled it up or probably gone, would have gone for a two pointer with Rabel. Three, three points behind at that point. Oh, was it three points? Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I honestly think if that, that play yeah, stands, right. or even, even if that's an incompletion, we win that game. Yeah. I, I don't probably I, right. I believe that. And there was still time. There was still time on the clock. I mean, not a huge amount, but there was still time on the clock. Yeah, sorry, I forgot we were three points behind. Of course we were. So yeah, I mean, I still think, you know, that that game was there to win. And considering how badly we did play for three quarters of the game, bar one drive, which was one that brought us back within three points. Um, you know, considering how bad it kind of was, you can't really complain of being only essentially three points behind uh, New Orleans. I know they went and made it ten points in the end, but. You can't really complain too much. It's on to next week. That's all that really matters now is is obviously getting the players ready for that game. Hopefully, we will have Henry. Well, we will definitely have Henry back, I'm sure. Uh, even if he's not fully fit, I'm sure he'll be playing. Hopefully, we can get a Dory Jackson back because he'll be a huge boost for us. Who knows what's happening with Humphreys and those guys and Simmons. But if we can get you know at least three of those four back, I think we'll be in, a, in pretty good shape. I think Henry will play. Henry, I think Henry would have played Sunday if... If there was yeah, more on the line, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I do. I, I believe that. Just going back to that hit on on Raymond. Now, I, I, at the time, I thought similar to the Ferguson one. I thought, wow, that's a that's a gut punch in terms of momentum, and it's like it's a big it's a big play, it's a big completion or, or at first glance, and and you look at it, yeah, it's a, a great hit on defense. They've recovered the fumble. Well, okay, it's it's. Not quite the 14-point swing that the Ferguson one was, but it felt similar. And then I didn't really pick up on it at the time, but he was lying on the floor motionless, Raymond, after that hit. And it, it's it's mentioned afterwards, and you realise he was knocked out cold. Mm-hmm. And it's a helmet-to-helmet strike. Now, who's who's to blame here? Is, is anyone to blame here, firstly? You, you've, you, you've seen them as 50-50 calls, haven't you? My first instinct when they shot on the replay was to see if he led with the helmet. And on first replay, it looked like it was shoulder-to-helmet contact. Um, but then, obviously, as further replays happened, but the play was gone by then. So the first replay they shown, it looked like it was shoulder-to-helmet. And, yeah, he's wiped the guy out. And, I mean, I hate to use poor examples, but, for example, if that hit's laid on a running quarterback who you're allowed to tackle, and it's someone like Drew Brees, you're getting a flag for that. And you know you'll get a flag for that. But in this situation, they, I... It's a 50-50 call. I think half the time you see that given and half the time you won't do. The, the it was really interesting as well because they, um, Dean Bandino or, or whatever his name is on, uh, I think it was Fox that, that was showing it on Game Pass, said, well, he's made three football moves. He's caught the ball, he's secured it, and then he's made that first football move to either brace himself for impact or, or make a juke or whatever. But actually, he's braced himself for impact and then got led by the helmet straight away and got knocked out in the in the process of doing that third move. So if this is the issue that the NFL have really with the with the catch rule at the moment, is that there's nothing that really signifies it. And it's the same we've we've had rants on our non-Titans related about VAR and stuff not being exact. Because it is one of those calls where you just make, you just find out what the crack is and hope for the best. I don't think you're ever going to get that right. And some, some calls go for you, some calls don't. This one didn't. I personally disagree with it, but of course I would. I'm a Titans fan. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it was probably a bit bit rough on 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 Raymond. He's now in concussion for a call as well, um, as, as well as Davis is going into next week. So that's a bit of a worry for us. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a loss for sure. And like, like we've said, that play really did make a difference. If, if right, guys, sorry, I've got to go back to work. I just <laughs> want to do my tighten up now and see everyone on Sunday. Everyone on Sunday, make sure you watch. We'll win. Easy win season the playoffs, guys. Cheers, Miles. Excellent yeah, optimism. Over, <laughs> Love that. Take care. Merry Christmas. Right. Um, yeah, just going, going back to that hit. I Miles mentioned the the fact that it would be dealt differently if that's a running quarterback, but. A running quarterback won't take that kind of hit. Some some of those, some crossing routes in the middle of the field that where 
you're receiving a pass. Just the nature of the speed, you know, particularly particularly someone like Raymond, who's quicker than most. He's a he's a kick returner, um, and you've got a corner or a safety coming across at similar speed. You you will get collisions, and I I, I don't think yes, there's there's helmet to helmet, and the the fact that he's knocked out cold looks bad, but I don't think it's a malicious hit. If I'm honest, um, it's. it's- yeah, it's it's a it's a football play, isn't it? Uh, um, especially from that safety position coming through and making sure that your guy doesn't get the hit. The, the corner's following him fairly closely, and the safety just makes that move to to hit the guy. That's what you're taught to do as as an NFL safety to to make sure you yeah, hit the guy he's, hard. He's trying to stop him making the catch. He's the, or making a make a play on the football. I don't, I don't think there's any hint that he's trying to hurt the hurt the man. And yeah, you watch some, and you you might it might look like different, um, but it it felt innocent. But you know, at the same time, there was helmet to helmet contact by the look of some of those angles. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm. It massively changed the game. Whether I blame the referees entirely, I'm not so sure. We can blame Boga for everything, though. Come on. I mean, he, <laughs> the guy's the guy absolutely useless. Now, I, look, I, I, when I first watched it, first thing I thought was, yeah, clear fumble. Didn't even, didn't even look at the the fact that it was helmet to helmet or that he was even out cold. It was just, for me, I thought it was just a good play. It was only really when I watched it probably two or three times more that I thought, well, actually, that, that could easily be a penalty. And if it's uh, any anyone else, uh, probably when I say anyone else, a bit more experienced kind of uh, wide receiver, I think that might get looked at a little bit more differently. But... I think it's one of those ones. I mean, the guy was down out cold for a good few minutes. I mean, it could have been one that, I don't know whether it could have been a boo review. I don't think it was challengeable, obviously. But yeah, yeah, it was one of those ones that they could have, they could have easily have, have just had a little look at just, just to see what they obviously... Because, I mean, clearly, it's one of those ones that happens at full speed. You're not going to truly, really see it properly. Um, I don't blame the referees, but I kind of blame the fact that they weren't able to at least review it because it was such a big moment in that game. I'm not sure if we were within two minutes or just outside of it. I think we were just outside, but it was one. It was such a massive moment. Yeah, it was a turnover anyway, so they look. They're looking at it. They're, they're, and actually, I don't think, regardless of what we think about the hit, I don't think the there's any real dispute that it was a catch and a fumble. I can't really argue. I mean, there's no. It was seen. Seen the. Um, it was 100%. I don't think there was any doubt about that. That was the first thing I was looking out for, was hoping that it would uh, it would actually go down as incomplete, which I think is what I was concentrating more on than actually the hit itself. But yeah, listen, it's one of those things. Luckily, it, it happened in this game where it doesn't matter so much. If it had happened in Week 17 against Houston and that's cost us the game, then I'd probably be up in arms. But it's a slightly different scenario. So yeah, I'm not too uh, not too disappointed or upset around it. But it definitely changed the game. I do think we, we were moving the ball nicely in those last couple of drives of the game. Um, we actually started getting some players open, uh, getting other players involved. We were moving the ball nicely. I think you're absolutely right, Adam, what you said earlier. Probably would have won the game. I think we definitely would have, or certainly would have at least tied it up, which um, would have been, well, I'm not sure if that would have been a good thing to go into overtime when you're, it's a game that doesn't really yeah, the, matter. The, the, way, yeah, the way we were playing, because I think, I think we'd scored on a previous drive and we just made a made a stop. I may be wrong about the order of how these things transpire, but it, it felt like we from a ropey middle of the game on offense, like we suddenly had a bit of momentum. We were moving the ball. You know, even Dawkins was getting some yards. Dion Lewis was starting to get a few yards. So that opened up the, the play action threat again. And it, it felt like, you know, that, that stands and it was a big play as well. It was 20 or 30 yard completion. You're on midfield into Saints territory, three points down, three or four minutes left, whatever it was. It just, it just felt like, the Titans were in the game, potentially could win it. You know, you score a touchdown there, you're four points ahead. Uh, as it transpires, you're suddenly 10 points down. And that, that's that's the ball game right there. I, th- I think, yeah, like, <clears throat> as we said, that, that was a huge, huge play. Um, it was it was frustrating for sure. But that, going back to what you said about the play action, that's so key to our game just unbelievably key you think about any big play that you've seen that 91 yard catch from AJ um, a few other catches from, from AJ any decent real passing threat that we have even the, the little five yard passes to Michael Pruitt 
this week were from the play action nine times out of ten. He's caught like three passes. I bet my house that they were all from play action um, this season. Um, it's just so key. It's what Arthur Smith does well. He's even running screens from play action passes and, and things like that. We, going into to week 17, obviously we've got the Henry threat coming back as well, but that 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 PA is just so, so important to us and, and dominating the run early days. Um, as long as they don't stack their box too much, we just need to make that happen. What do, are we concerned about? I mean, I, I still think that this was mostly on New Orleans having a stonking game on defence, both in coverage and their, and their pressure. Um, but Tannehill taking all those sacks and, and the O-line, is, is there a concern there? more concerned for me on how, how how long he was holding on to the ball than it was O-line yes to an extent I think there was a couple of them that there was definitely on them but there was there was probably three I would say I can't say for certain but certainly three of them I reckon that was down to him just not getting rid uh, which is something we haven't seen him do in a fair few weeks which uh, was probably the most frustrating part of some of the sacks he had to take but yeah I mean I think the O-line didn't quite show up. It was certainly it felt like the O line from the first six weeks of the season at times, which is a bit of a concern. But I mean, this is a Saints team that, like you said, they uh, they're up there for a reason. They're, they've won the games. They've won for a reason. And but obviously, if you want to compete at that level, and we have talking about, keep talking about getting into the playoffs, uh, we're going to need to compete at that kind of level. And I don't think we'll necessarily put you know this game down to uh, you know how the future is going to pan out. There's other games against very good teams that we've gone and won. So it's, yeah, but oh, I, I was a bit worried about just how long he was holding on to the ball. That was my biggest worry about Tannehill yesterday. And even though there were some nice drives that he led, there was, there was far too, was it six, seven sacks maybe? I yeah, think, yeah. Like that. I, yeah think, far, I think, far, though, like, in, in his defence, though, a, a lot of those came against really sound secondary coverage. I think probably the best thing that happened to the Saints yesterday was Eli Apple getting an injury. Because as soon as Patrick Robertson came on, he pulled out. He had a couple of sacks. He covered whoever was in the slot really, really well. He just didn't really seem to get beat. He got tackles for losses. There was one blitz where he came off the, the left-hand side of the defence onto the right tackle, where he was just unmarked the whole time. He got a free hit on the, the running back for about a two-yard loss. It's not a massive loss in the, in the whole scheme of things, but actually when... You're looking at second and 12 rather than second and eight. You're, you're viewing that play a lot differently. Um, and I don't, we've, we've gone against Art Smith this year. And I say we've, I've probably gone against, Art, gone against Art Smith at times this year. And I've really bigged him up. I think he's done an excellent job the second half of the season. But it's hard to put a play call in when you're second and 12. And you need to make at least six yards to really make it manageable. Um and yeah, for me, that one of the turning points was Apple getting injured and, and um, just getting replaced by a guy who knew his job was up for grabs after Jenkins getting signed off with waivers as well. I would say this, that most of the sacks felt like it, they didn't feel, they weren't suddenly, oh, instant pressure on Tannehill. They were, nobody's open, trying to wait for something to to unfold for too long um and yeah and ended up ended up being being sacks based on the fact that yeah coverage sacks you you were called they were very good in coverage um, in fairness to them they i think i mean AJ but Brown Tannehill, people... does Tannehill have to see that and work out yeah you've got to have it the, the they say clock in your head as a quarterback and you, you're never going to have infinite time in the pocket i mean that, that there's and it felt like some of the some of the sacks that Mariota took early in the season felt a bit similar. I mean, I don't I don't want to throw any shade Ryan Daniel's way for the phenomenal job that he's done, but I, I I'm I'm not blaming the I'm not just blaming him. I'm not, but I'm not really putting this on the O line as much as perhaps some others. Uh, we're we're perhaps picking nitpicking here. Let's look at let's look ahead because that's what matters, as we said. Uh, we've we've. Well, not got to be Houston. If we don't be Houston, uh, some strange things have to happen, like the Colts losing to the Jags, the Colts being eliminated, and their result 
battering is slightly confusing, but that's tiebreakers for you. But ultimately, it's the <laughs> the bottom line is we beat the Texans, we we make the playoffs. Is that going to happen? There's a simple question with probably not a simple yes. answer. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like in the absence of miles, I feel I probably have to be the optimistic one here. <laughs> um, but no, I, I do. I think Fuller being out, which he's just um, been called out probably a couple of hours ago um, for the game is a huge boost for us. The Texans already having the division is also a bit of a help. Do they rest some of their main players like Hopkins, put him on a bit of a, a snap count like we put, uh, like we said in our group chat. Um, Watson potentially I, I, I just wouldn't probably bench him he's on a bit he needs probably the confidence a little bit but yeah I think we probably can um, Houston's always been a place that we've struggled with I'm nervous um, I will uh, we've talked about meeting up for the game but I will definitely be sat in my living room uh, in buckets of sweat but <laughs> I do I do honestly think we can do it I think as I said earlier, that play action is so crucial with Henry getting back, with AJ Brown balling out. I mean, he's unbelievable. As a rookie wide receiver drafted in the second round, can't be happy with him. Um, with our O-line looking half decent, JJ Watt still out, Clowney being traded. I believe we can. Yeah, we can certainly score points. I no, don't, don't doubt that whatsoever. Um, if I mean, Bill O'Brien, I believe, is saying that they're not going to rest or bench anybody who's fully fit. You know, if anyone, it's, it's like Derek Henry last week. If anyone's got a niggle, they're going to take it easy, aren't they? You know, how, however bitter you're going to be against the divisional rival, you're prioritising the playoffs. I don't care what anyone says. Um, so that can only work in our favour. And there's a there's a chance. I don't I don't think playing for the only thing they might have to play for is a third seed rather than a fourth, which is really neither here nor there. And actually, they might... I don't know if you want to prefer playing the, the Bills versus the Titans. I, I'm not sure that's a huge thing at that stage. And they, it might even not even be up for grabs if, if KC win their game, which is before our game. If I might be wrong. I'm not sure. But, so there's not a huge amount for Houston to, to play for, if anything. And... Yeah, no, no excuses, really. We... I'll be, I'll be absolutely amazed if they go and put out Deshaun Watson against us, because it's a huge risk. The guy picked up an injury again on Saturday. Uh, I'm not sure if it's ankle or Achilles or I don't know what it was, but to put, uh, you know, a Titans defense that's going to be bang up for it because they know what's at stake up against them is a huge, huge risk when you've got the playoffs and a game that really, like you say, means next to nothing to them. So I'd be very surprised. That said, um, who knows? I mean, they might go and stick out all the big guns. They'll certainly limit, I think, the likes of Hopkins, uh, knowing that Fuller's probably going to miss a few weeks by the sounds of it. So they'll, they'll definitely limit a fair few. Look, there's no, I don't think there's any excuses for us, regardless of what the team they put out. I think we need to go and make a statement. We need to go and get, uh, you know, show that we're a playoff team. And to be a playoff team, you've got to go and pick up wins in, in games like this. Um, if we don't win this game, then I think it showed that we you know, we weren't ready to be a playoff team anyway. Um, but, yeah, absolutely no excuses. I think we've got players who are in good form. I think that was the only one thing from the Saints game I would have liked is a win just to get a bit more momentum even um, because that's something that we, you know, obviously when you come off the back of two losses um, you don't really feel like you have that too much but look, it's, it's, it's kind of winning you're in do and die and I think for us uh, there's absolutely no excuses when it comes down to, to Sunday night and what that end result will be it feels a bit like obviously the Colts last year where uh, I think I probably would have been saying very similar things you know, finally, this is our opportunity to go and, go and beat the Colts and go and beat Luck. Um, but yeah, but we were trying to do that with Blaine Gabbert, don't forget. 100%. We're in a much better place now than we were then, that's for sure. Um, but I listen... Think... It's, like, it's, it's, it's our third year now doing this winning in thing. And if we get 9-7, and seven, it's our fourth year in a row, which has only ever been um, matched by the Patriots going 12-4 and four, four years in a row. We've talked all year about going good for great, good, for, good to great, good to great. We've probably gone from good to good, but we'll sneak into the playoffs with a win. I'll take it, don't get me wrong. 
but it's it's I don't know I'm I'm nervous now and like you say it's like the Colts last year we would have said oh yeah we'll we'll, we'll take it we'll take it and I would have definitely taken it with Blaine Gabbert at, at quarterback the year before with Mariota working a little bit of magic against the Jags stiff arm in Barry Church which is still just a gorgeous play which is in the back of my mind every single time I see the Titans to play the Jags it's I was I, thinking of Matt Neely with that play it, it, the, and the those videos that he's he's made of going backwards and forwards, a stiff arm into into oblivion on on Barry Church. Do you, do you want to give us a song that also accompanied it, or you know, just a? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I think you've done it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's this isn't the same as last year for me. I know statistically, yeah, it could be another nine and seven. Uh, okay, nine and seven. Unlike last year, nine and seven puts us in. Uh, this is a better football team all round. Uh, they've they've been not necessarily the way that anybody planned. Uh, it's some of it's been by accident and some of it's been lucky, but it's a it's a better football team. Even even if it doesn't work out and eight and eight, um, we'll be disappointed. But I don't think personally I'll be as disappointed as as a year ago. Yeah. I think I think I have more more hope going into next year than I probably did last year um, with AJ Henry if we tie him up to a decent contract Tannehill I I, I love Mariota you probably never forget your first love even if it is a quarterback <laughs> but you I have more faith in Tannehill going forwards I have more. Um, we we do still have questions at the O line. I think our defense is really solid at the moment. Jayon Brown, just a baller. Evans, baller. Simmons, unreal. What a steal he was at draft pick number nineteen. Um, we shouldn't probably look forward because we're going to look forward to a to a playoff game probably against Kansas. But yeah, we are. That's that's me being miles. But you're you're looking you're looking you're looking at it and. I think we can win this game. And even if we don't, I'm probably still more optimistic than I was this time last year. Kansas Kansas City hate, hate playing us. They can't beat us. Andy Reid's only ever beaten the Titans once in his entire coaching career. There we go. They should be scared. So there we go. Yeah, let's, we... let's get past Sunday first. And then we, can start talk, <laughs> then we can start talking about how amazing our record against Case is. I think um, just getting back to your point, Harry, around last year to this year, I, I don't know, last year I kind of felt like we, we had that defence that I still thought was very good. And also this time last year, the only thing I was worried about Mariota was his injuries. I still thought he was going to be you know, an absolute balling quarterback. He was going to, you know, dropping dimes over here, there and everywhere. I don't, you know, obviously that, all of that has completely changed now. My, my big thing is with the defence especially is actually we just need to stop giving up big plays. And also special teams as well. I think we we talked about special teams quite a bit on Sunday. Uh, between us, just like big opportunities where we're giving up, you know, big yards. We can't we can't do that Sunday. We have to any opportunity that they have, we need to stop them as early as possible. Even even Brett Kern didn't look the same Brett Kern as what we've seen in in recent, which is hard for me to say because anyone who knows me knows. I was, I it was it was true. It was true. And it was, the Saints field position ended up being constantly positive and now seems to be constant constantly negative um quick quick words by the way just uh neil neil will be angry if we don't bring this up he wanted to throw some love to tajay sharp which unbelievably we haven't we haven't mentioned him and he came up with touchdowns obviously but um a couple of big third down conversions um I don't have his numbers in front of me. I'm suddenly doubting that. But um, yeah, he he stepped up in key moments and he's not somebody who we've talked about very much. And but he's been around a while. He's been around probably as long, longer than any other Titans receiver. He's not. Yeah, I think he's, let us he's down. in his third, third year now, fourth year. Um, drafted in the fifth round as well, which is, again, another little bit of a steal. Um, J-Rob definitely likes his fifth round draft picks um, with Jayon Brown being one of them as well he, he he did play really well that 
that touchdown was an unbelievable grab. Really good. Nice route as well, all the way coming from the, the far right or the slot in the right, I think it was, to the to the deep end zone, almost like um, Corey Davis's in reverse against the Eagles last year. Um, but obviously meant a little bit more when, when Davis did it. Um, in the end, anyway. But it was... It was a, he played a really good game in, in the absence of Humphreys. I yeah, think probably yeah. l- looking at the the silver lining, yes, Sharp played really well and yeah, did do excellently. Humphreys probably hasn't been what we wanted from him as a as a slot receiver, at least not the continuity that we wanted from him. Okay, well, hopefully, if he's not if he's not back next week, he'll be back for the playoffs. Adam Humphreys. There we, <laughs> there we go. I've got to stop doing that. Right, let's uh, let's finish off with some non-titans related stuff i've i mean we're we're not going to do a, as long a as long a podcast this week it's christmas and everything we're all apparently we've got lives i'm, I'm not i'm not so sure speak for yourselves <laughs> I, I don't i'll be honest no um, <laughs> but yeah what, what's been pleasing you or Eating away this week. Right, I, I, I'm going to go first because last week I got shafted by uh, going after Miles's speech, which uh, which was way way better than my ridiculous point. And I've actually got a bit more of a meaningful one this week as well. Um, it's very much uh, all over the media at the moment, and after the uh, Tottenham Chelsea game, racism in football, racism in general, what the earth is going on earth is going on with this world? Why is it acceptable for anyone? to racially abuse any other footballer person in general. I just don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. And I'm not pointing my finger at Tottenham fans because I think they're just, you know, just that example. Obviously that happened, uh, was it yesterday? Chelsea have been guilty of stuff in the past as well. So I'm not going to sit there and point out anyone in, in particular, but what is going on? It's just absolutely mad. And if, if you are someone who inside a football ground is standing next to behind three rows away from someone who is doing anything racist towards a footballer or you know in the vicinity of a, of a football pitch just get them out get them out I, I call them up on it go and call a steward do what you want it. i know we saw this kind of in this day and age you know snitches all this no one wants to be one blah 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 no one wants to grasp but when it comes to this it's a bigger point than that and it's it's me it's just it feels like we're in 2019, and the fact that this is even a talking point is just an absolute disgrace. And it's real. All I kept, or literally, I've in my office, I've got Sky Sports News playing all the time, and so all I keep seeing is just talk around it over and over and over. And and the fact we're in where we are now, in this day and age, we're still talking about it. And also uh, Sky Sports afterwards, uh, when Gary Neville went on a bit of a political. Uh, rant around racism and the fact it's accepted in the political parties uh they shut that down quite quite quickly don't know why it was very yeah much one i, of, one I of those saw things, but... on that by the way i saw a a couple of tweets from uh, i've forgotten his name david something david the, jones, and david jones yeah. and he uh, it looked awful i saw the clip of what i was i didn't see that bit live with us watching the titans funnily enough um but i saw the clip of Gary Neville and he I thought everything he said was absolutely bang on and David Jones has apologized on Twitter and rightly so that looked awful it was just like why is this why is his instinct to do that but he clarified the fact that he wanted to make the point that Sky Sports don't necessarily believe that the two main political parties are racist I think that's what he wanted to jump on he he didn't yeah it was it was a bit it was it was taken a bit out of context, I think, but Again, it, it didn't look good. Getting back, to, I, getting back to my main point, though, in terms of just why is this even relevant in this day and age? I mean, we're we're literally in a it's 2019, for Christ's sake. I mean, we back in the 70s and the 80s, and even probably before then, you know, that was probably the norm. But now, in this day and age, I just can't believe that. I mean, any anyone from America who uh, who watches the NFL. If they, if they if they ever experienced anything like that, they it would just it would be disbelief because it's it just, just, just it's the disgrace. It's an absolute disgrace. disgrace. And any anyone who who I was even Sky Sports did a poll today around uh, should should footballers uh, be allowed to basically walk off the pitch if they if they are abused? And fifteen percent of people said no. And I was just like, out of two hundred and ten thousand votes, that's over thirty thousand people. 
think no they shouldn't be able to walk off the pitch which again is an absolute disgrace but i don't know it's just yeah it's one of those things that's obviously been in the media hell of a lot today especially so obviously it's still quite fresh from yesterday but yeah for me it's just one of those things if you if you're uh if you go to premier league football games and you see this thing going on let's let's physically kick them out when we talk about you know kick racism out of football as a campaign i'll physically kick them out I can't. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll level with you. You've you've talked about exactly what I was going to talk about, so I might, I might save it for the Long Snapper podcast right. and do it again. But um, right. I I can't work out whether it's happening more in the last couple of years or if it's just being highlighted more. And e- either way, it's not good. Uh, but I think I've, I've I've gone to I've gone to football games since I was knee high to a grasshopper, and you've still heard stuff like that and. The awful chance to go on, and and I completely, one hundred percent agree with you. It is just the worst thing that you hear, and you're ashamed. You're ashamed of your own fans. You're ashamed of your. No matter. Don't get me wrong. You know I'm an Aston Villa fan, and I don't like Birmingham City. Like I don't quite know why. I understand the history behind it, but it's years ago. But it yeah, doesn't but there's one thing. Scores. There's one it thing does, not. Yeah, no. it doesn't matter who scores against us. It doesn't matter who who does what or or what colour their skin is or what their religion is or whatever. You you treat the same person with the same respect as, as you'd expect. And that fifty percent thing, people saying, "Oh, footballers shouldn't walk off the fit pitch," is a is a joke. To be perfectly honest, if someone insulted me at work and said, "Oh, you're you're this, you're that, the other," I'd just walk out. I'd say, "Ah, oh, I'm I'm not dealing with you. You're you're done." Or if you went to your local pub and had a go at the barmaid behind the bar or the, the bar person or, or whatever it is, they wouldn't serve you. So so why should it be different at a football game with a person just because they're getting paid £100,000? It's, it's a joke and it's something that's so wrong. And then going on to that as well, the thing that Italy did with their kick-out racism campaign is a farce. And yeah. uh, I won't even get onto that because I also get more annoyed. Yeah, I mean, it, it's... I, I keep thinking about what society or the fa or human beings should do about this and i can't i don't have unfortunately i don't have a perfect answer because and it's not this is it was tottenham yesterday and it was man city the other day and it was chelsea last season it was italian football every week by the sound of it but but it's not those clubs it's it's a handful of absolute moron dickheads i mean I don't want to say words that have to change our podcast rating, but they would be deserved. And it's it's not on the one hand, it's it's sad for those clubs to be tarnished with that brush. But it's not even that's not even the point. It's like the fact that these people even exist and can think they can behave like that. You see, you see occasional signs. I'll text this number to report bad behaviour. But you, by the time you think you might want to do that you can't remember what the number is or something like okay here, here's one idea spurs have an app the the spurs official app that i imagine most supporters going to the stadium have on their phone um i know i do and i was i wasn't i wasn't at the game yesterday um but i i know people that were and i know people that heard racist chanting hissing monkey noises whatever but okay Put something in the app where you can anonymously report a seat number. Say, right, this seat number, they are doing this. Have it real time. So if if you've got five different people send a, a message through the app about the seat number, you've got a steward over there instantly. And you, you can you've got those that person's details, banned for life immediately. Now that that's just me thinking for ten minutes on the train today. Um Excuse my doorbell. Someone else is hopefully going to answer that. Um, but there, there must be so there must be so many things that can be done, and that just just little things. It's not acceptable. You know, if you if you're sat if you're sat next to somebody doing this, and I, I get yeah, call them out if you can. But I get how it could be intimidating. So yeah, do it anonymously. Do it. Then I I refuse to believe that the majority of people in a, a football stadium agree with this. Far from it. The vast minority, a, a vast minority, does that even work? Tiny minority are doing it. And the vast majority must absolutely hate it. And especially hate the fact that their club are, are being tarnished with this. So 
everybody do something about it call it out yeah okay don't don't if somebody's twice the size of you next to you doing this and they're probably not a nicest nicest person in the world they're probably threatening because of the fact they're a disgusting person doing this but report it there's another one there's 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 some, there's always it, it relies on other but people surely, to, surely to that's that. that's what stewards are there for as well i mean yeah, you can't stewards, it's, it's difficult you everywhere. can't they're not every they're not fans outnumber stewards yes yeah, stewards outnumber them, but of course they do can, but you can find no what i mean is you can find you can go and find one quite easily yeah, i yeah. mean just i mean at spares or or any kind of premier league ground it's a case of you know walking up probably 10 steps up until when you before you go into the concourse they're there they're right there and if you you yeah. know if you see it just get just go and have, have a word with them and leave it then to them to decide you know, in terms of you know what they then go and do but, it, but the biggest thing is that look we saw the one with the, the city united game the guy um got put i think all in the media it was all in the, in the papers he's lost his job he's lost this he's lost that but yet in the spurs game a matter of two weeks later or a week later whenever it was you're seeing it again it's obviously not a deterrent they're still, well, I, they're still I, I hope that every single one of these people have their ends up end up being clips that go viral and we could identify who's doing it but it's clearly it's, it's clearly more than one person at tottenham yesterday yeah, hundred percent. It's just, it's just the whole thing is, is an absolute disgrace, and the fact that we're, we're even having to have these conversations and having to, to, yeah, I mean, the media, the media are obviously jumping all over it. That's absolutely fine, um, but it's, it's one of those ones for me that it just, it just seems an absolute disgrace, and, and I've never ever been to, I've been to, I, like, I go to football in the lower leagues, and you hear a lot of abuse, but a lot of it is kind of, you know, more, more like Mickey taking. I very, very rarely hear anything that is that is racially motivated. If I'm honest, um, which I would is probably say the same. Probably... Harry, you've said something. You've said something different, which is sad to hear. But no, I'd say I'd say the same as you. But you know, we've we've all we've all sat there and called the the referee or whatever, and we've all, you know, we've all, we've all gone and done that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, that's 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 by the by. But in terms of the from from to kind of literally target someone by the colour of their skin or their ethnicity is, is to me is an absolute joke. Um, we just... we all know where the line is and uh, Harry, you've, uh, if you're at Villa Park, you know, the, the average fan I would like to think hates a Birmingham City player regardless of the colour of their skin you know, or what yeah. their upbringing is. <clears throat> yeah, they, they, they would hate them all equally. <laughs> and, and it's... Yeah, yeah. You know, but then still, but then still value them for for what they can do on the pitch. And you you, you look at um, any player who is fantastic. Even you look at the NFL. If you said this in the NFL, that you know, especially as bad as it sounds, probably not. You know, you look at look at some fans from traditionally probably redneck areas, and you'd be like, wow. You can't really say anything because most of your players are of a different colour. You you can't you just can't do it. You look at a lot of Premier League teams now, a lot of your players are from a different country. You know, you love your team. It's it's like the pot calling the the kettle black and it's just not on. It's not on in any way, shape or form. Probably the wrong use of phrase there as well. But um, it's definitely not on in any way, shape or form. Uh, that is probably the right use of <laughs> right, right turn of oh, I don't know. Uh, oh, well, no, I think well, we do know. We all know. We all know where the line is, and sadly, some people don't, and that's still that's still the case. It's it's sad, and it makes me angry, and it should and it should make everyone angry. Harry, I apologise. You probably had something. Oh man, mine's going to sound <laughs> so, so trivial now. Um, this yeah, keeps so happening. We need we need to throw an yeah, alert if we're going to do something honestly, serious. Honestly, like if, if we're gonna if we're gonna bring up these, just maybe give us a heads up because mm-hmm. um, mine's about mine's about cheese, um, which is <laughs> <laughs> this so, feels like this feels like last week all over again. And when I got absolutely shafted, look, your turn. <laughs> I, I, I don't even think I should probably make it. Um, so. Yeah, obviously racism's bad and that, but cheese is the thing that's grinding my gears at the moment. So I work at um, a cafe, Delicatessen, and obviously during this time, everyone and their mums are coming in for different kinds of cheese. Now, I like a cheese board as much as the next man, but do I know the difference between a, a French brie and a Somerset brie? Probably not. 
do I know the difference between a Somerset free and a Welsh free? Definitely not. So why are you then asking me? I get it's my job. I'm just going to probably BS you a little bit as to what <laughs> I think this means. So like we've got a, a, a lovely uh, blue cheese called uh, Blue Monday, which is by the drummer of Blur. Um, I'm not entirely sure how true this is. New Order. Uh, am I? So, it was New Order. Sorry? New Order was the song Blue Monday. A blur, a blur stealing it. So, sorry. I don't I'm know. Just, uh... it, I, I, I'm not entirely sure, but this is the BS that I've been throwing out to people. So <laughs> it's an award-winning cheese. Um, and like, don't get me wrong, cheeses are nice. You know, white foxes, whatever you fancy, you know, Bob's your uncle, stinking bishops. Um, but, oh, that's a hard read. But then... Uh, <laughs> You'll, you'll get that. That's a hard read thing when you read the title of our podcast. Um, and then no, I just I think, think cheeses are nice. That's all we need. It's, there we go. Uh, I, I, just don't, I just don't understand, like, what do you want me to tell you about six different smoked cheeses that's going to change your mind on what you want? Just tell me that you fancy a cheddar and I'll serve you up a cheddar. Just don't come in thinking that you're the next, you know, Mary Berry of cheeses and then walk out with the same thing I've sold everyone else today. It just does my nut in. But Merry Christmas, everyone. Have a good one. And enjoy oh, your cheese. I have to interrupt. M- Merry Berry and cheese. I didn't really like I thought Merry Berry was a cake, kind of. Maybe well, I was... that's what... Yeah. Cheese no, cake? <laughs> she might have done a cheesecake in her time, but I don't know. Sure. That's too much research. I, I always remember when I was going off on a slight tangent, I always remember when I was younger, um, I got told that Gordon Bennett was a famous iron worker from Derby, and he had so many iron workers. I... Gordon Bennett's a famous saying in England where, like, you can't believe you're surprised. And I always got told that Gordon Bennett was a famous iron worker in the 17th century because he had so many furnaces going on. People would come on and say, Gordon Bennett, it's hot in here. And the expression of surprise, and it's hot, was taken as just Gordon Bennett. I believe that for about 15 years. Um, so now I, I plan on doing the same thing <laughs> to as many people about cheeses as possible. Fun fact, I had a teacher called Gordon Bennett. Wow. Yeah, it was a great, it was, a, it was and he, oh, he those insisted parents. on being born out. I loved it. Well, was he always hot? Definitely not. <laughs> okay, this could go weird. Right, let's, let's get out of here. We have got presents to wrap and gravy to prepare for our turkey. Brown sauce, maybe, if that's your tipple. But certainly some cheese to think about. Right, Titans, just, just win on Sunday. That's all. Merry Christmas, season's greetings, Happy New Year, tighten up. See you in the playoffs. Get a breezy win.